It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's episode number 482. It is an Articles of News episode. No, 400. Is it 500 yet? No, it's 482. I'm joined by Brother Kyle. It's Articles of News. How are you, sir? I'm great. Of course I'm great. Well, I heard about the big news. Why don't you tell everyone else? As we begin the second year of Kyle. 2020, I declared year of Kyle. I think I'm going to declare 2021 year of Kyle. And I apologize because there'll probably be, more, be another horrible year with pandemics and and uh, bees, yep. grasshoppers, mm-hmm. ants, locusts. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's the year of Kyle because it was horrible for everyone else. But you, you literally, you a major prize. It's a lamp, a lamp in the shape of a leg. Yeah, I I was uh, just uh, informed. I was uh, voted, made, created, or or what. I am employee of the year at my company. Now, is that strictly a sales thing? Because we know you're killing it on no. sales. No, it's not. N- nope, it's not sales. It has to be a bunch of other stuff. There's a boy. I should send you the article they've made about me. Yeah, I'm going to save it and use it as my obituary. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me sound like a pretty good guy. So, uh, so what, is it like kindliness around the office? Because you weren't around the office, so that makes not, sense that you would get employer of the year. That made it easier because people didn't have to see me. They forgot what I looked like. Yeah, because I don't have a camera for our Zoom meetings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, so it, although I will say to that, uh, I am informed that Mr. Mayor has sent the camera to your house. Oh, it, it hasn't is, arrived yet. It but is it, in transit. Right. So. Uh, Look forward to future articles of news. Those of you that are Patreon saints, you're going to be able to see Brother Kyle. All right. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. So they don't get to see your face. So what else really is it like? uh, You know, we we have a list of values. You know how Boy Scouts, it's like, you know, be careful and thrifty Uh and ornery and Uh brave and And hungry. Careful (laughs) and hungry. (laughs) We have a thing like that, and it's like... Does this meet, person meet all these values, and mm-hmm. what do they do in order to some examples? And, and you're nominated by your peers mm. and then voted on by your peers, and then the final 10 or 20 or whatever are are chosen by, like, our CEO and our VP of whatever. You know, the top people pick it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and, and honestly, I'm, I'm pretty proud. I, it- I feel good that, you know, it, it was not just a, a sales thing, which I win every year. Mm-hmm. But it, it, was, it was that uh, part of that, but in conjunction with just, uh, hey, you did, you did a great job with everybody here and keeping morale high and, uh, and working great with our customers and, and things like that. Good for you. Congratulations. I mean, thank you. I, there will be few times, I think, that in our lives collectively, I will have the opportunity to tell you congratulations. So congratulations. And I mean it. Good for you. Good work. We've Good known work. each other. Probably fifteen-ish years. I think that's two. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The time you've done it. The time that your kid graduated from high school and now. And I didn't do it. You you said it when my divorce was final. Oh yeah, yeah. And your divorce was final. My kid. Yeah. I mean, your kid's pretty great. I remember that I complimented you on your kid. You complimented him. I think not really me. Okay. So maybe so maybe that's not so much you. All right. That's fair. (laughs) Well, congratulations. All the same. Well, uh, thanks. Do you get do you yeah. get a big bonus? Do you get like a, a plaque that you can throw in the garbage? What do you get? There is, but they hang it on the wall. This is only the second year in our history that we've done Employee of the Year. Okay. We're going to keep doing it, but there's a, a big wall, and there so far there's one person. Now there will be two. Hmm. I'll be the second one. They say immortalized on our wall of fame. Hmm. Hmm. Congratulations. That's awesome. Picture up there. And, and you get some money, too. Yeah. You know, you Good. get a cash bonus. Good. Good. Since I'm sort of like uh, I'm the wind beneath your wings, do I get a cut of that? Does that happen? Nope. nope. Keeping that all for yourself, huh? Do you know how much I pay in taxes being a single white male Republican, <laughs> heterosexual? The tax rate. Okay. Okay. Listen, fair. So it's going to old Uncle Sam. Perfect. Yep. And the ex-wife. You so know, congratulations to her. <laughs> Let's get her on the phone. Congratulations to her. Hey, uh, you know, a couple things. I've got to read some reviews. Uh, that have come in. We're trying to get to 300 reviews by our 500th episode. We are 13 away, uh, but we've had a few in the last couple days. I want to share them. They Some of them mention you, Brother Kyle. One says, I love this show podcast. The host brings a wide variety of co-hosts, guests, and viewpoints, always with humor when appropriate, usually with great sensitivity, which I appreciated. Uh, Richie's laugh Very and nice. Brother Kyle's dry humor always bring some light to what are some sometimes dark times. So that, uh, Jilligan, Jilligan 
says, this is my favorite podcast. I enjoy the break from everyday life by listening to the cultural hall. I love all the guests. Another one says, I love this show. It's faith affirming while also being real, real rather. It's a great show and I recommend it. Uh, someone says, uh, makes me think and also laugh sometimes. I've also been known from to cry from time to time. A lot of great topics. I appreciate the candid conversations on tough topics within the LDS faith. Another one says, positive and uplifting. This show in podcast form dives into various topics with an array of different guests. It's made me laugh, think, reflect, and shed tears of joy. Another one says, I always look forward to new episode. Articles of news are my favorite, but I enjoy all of them. Another one says, great interviews, news, and humor. Another one says, listening to the show in podcast form is the highlight of my week. After discovering it, I went back and listened to every episode. It's inspiring, educational, uplifting, with a lot of fun mixed in. Richie is a great host. I love all of the episodes with Brother Kyle. Give it a listen. You won't be disappointed. And then the last one, if this were a sandwich, it would be a great content or bacon wrapped in entertainment bacon. This show is fresh, faithful look at what's happening in all of Mormondom. So you can go to uh, the Cultural Hall uh, on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. That's where we're trying to get the 300 views. I will let you know, too, uh, where you used to only be able to go back if you subscribe to the podcast or to the show in podcast form. Uh, only go back 100 episodes. You can now go back 300 episodes uh, back to late 2017 and be able to get uh, and binge and, and enjoy all that. I found a setting that allowed me to do more episodes than just the 100. So if you're new, wow. you haven't gone back and listened, you subscribe, you can go back and get all of those. So that's very cool. Uh, and if- I appreciate those the, those reviews because I, it sounds like we're, we're doing what we want. Mm-hmm. We're getting across what we want with this program. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds like, and that's very satisfying. Well, and I'm even more excited because, uh, Brother Kyle, you remember oh so many years ago when I challenged you to go on a mission? My, my six-month mission? No, I thought it was six weeks. Six weeks? Yeah, your six-week weeks mission. mission. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got a new thing that, I'm, that we're going to do. I'm very excited about this on uh, Patreon, so you have to be a Patreon saint. Kyle is going to start doing a weekly video. Now, here's the deal. It's going to be short, and he's not going to prepare for it. But what it'll be is you can send us emails, contact at theculturalhall.com, and ask Kyle a question. You can put Kyle question in the subject line or ask Kyle or whatever we want to do, and he'll do a video once a week that will only be shared within that Patreon page. Now, here's the deal. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, now don't ask... Don't ask Kyle a question that you don't want a Kyle answer to. That is the one caveat to all this. Uh, he can get serious. He can be questions about him. It could be questions about faith. It could be questions about really anything. Uh, but once a week, he'll do that video, and you just have to send those questions. Contact at theculturalhall.com and put something about Kyle in the uh, subject line so we know that it's a question for him and not for the regular run of the show. So you, you think you can do that? Yeah, I can do it. Sure. Nice. Good, good, good. And if you want to become a Patreon saint so you don't miss those videos, it's patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall. Now, uh, I have to tell you, this week has been hellacious. Oh, I know. Yeah, real bad. horrible. Yeah. I honestly do. I feel bad. Real terrible. And I'm not just talking about what we'll talk about in the news coming up. Oh, boy. Hold on for that. Uh, No, what I'm talking about is uh, on Monday, do you ever ever do that thing where like maybe your shoulder doesn't feel quite right? You go, oh, that's not going to be good. I had that situation in my mouth. I went, oh, that feels different. By Tuesday, I went, oh, man, this was this is real bad. By Tuesday afternoon, you know when you... And, and you've had trouble with your teeth oh, your entire life. Yeah, just I have the worst teeth in the world. I probably, no exaggeration, have probably $35,000 worth of work in my mouth. Uh, between implants and, you know, crowns and... Oh, not to mention the pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. That you go through. Yeah, just horrendous. And it seems to be getting worse the older I get. By Tuesday afternoon, it was like my heart was beating in my face. I went, I pushed my way into the endodontist. He wasn't going to see me till Wednesday. I'm like, this won't do. So I just went and sat at his office. This is real. Sat at his office and I was like, listen, I'll wait. Just get me in. He got me in, did the scan. He's like, oh, I can see why you're in such pain. He cuts my mouth open because we had to do a retreat on a root canal. And he said, like, Mount Vesuvius had just started flowing all this pus. Uh, Sorry, everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I should have warned everyone. Let, count this as your warning because there will be lots of parts in this episode that will either make you disgusted and or really angry. 
And it's not just the story that you think is going to make you angry. Oh, there's lots today. But um, he, he got me all cleaned up. And that was on Tuesday. And, and just for several days, just flattened. I got sick on the, on the antibiotics and was throwing up. The next day, uh, the pain meds weren't taking hold until like Thursday, Friday. It was brutal. So anyway, I'm grateful to be able to, to do the episode. But that is what I've been pushing through. I hope everybody enjoyed uh, Jessica Fru's episode this last Friday. She's great. You should check out uh, that episode if you haven't yet. And also check out uh, her podcast, which is Husband in Law. And a great episode again for this Friday. We visit with a uh, comedian. His name is Jordan Macon. And uh, it's, a, it's a really, really fun episode. There's a fun connection between he and I. He's a clean LDS comic. We sample some of his comedy within the episode, so look forward to that. Make sure that you subscribe to The Cultural Hall so you don't miss a minute. And, Brother Kyle, coming mm-hmm. up in the third block, uh, we're going to visit with a, a woman by the name of Courtney Casper. She is going to tell us about this new journal that she has written. And I know you're thinking, wait a minute, she's written a journal that she's going to share and, and sell? It's, a, it's, it's more than that, right? It's one of those journals that like helps you journal. Anyway, that's coming up in the third block. Let's take a break and come back and do some actual articles of news. Hey, this is Dan, the laptop man from PC Laptops. Friends, I know a lot of you guys and girls are working from home. So here's some tips for making sure your computer is ready for working at home, because if your computer fails, it's going to be really hard to get it fixed because of dwindling supply and parts. But we have parts right now, and we have a limited supply of new computers available for you. Make sure your computer is healthy and virus and malware free. Hackers are trying to infect people and stealing their information during these challenging times. We'll scan the health of your computer for viruses and malware, plus scan your hard drive, memory, and components to make sure you don't have any failing parts. You want to make sure you have strong antivirus and malware protection software as well. Just get into any PC laptops and we'll check your hardware and your software and scan your computer for viruses for absolutely free. Just go to PCLaptops.com. At PC Laptops, we've been serving you for over 28 years, and we've got your back during these times of need. We're all in this together, so just go to PCLaptops.com, and we'll get you taken care of. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. All right, here in the second block, let's do some articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. Man, we have got all types of news today, and I think we start with the uh, most recent, uh, the one that uh, actually occurred as we recorded last week's articles of news. Uh, what is being called the insurrection at the nation's capital. Uh, have you been watching a bunch of this, Brother Kyle? Uh, hard to miss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid I have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched a bit of the impeachment and uh, saw some of the speeches. But there, there is a connection to the church, of course. A couple connections, as a matter of fact. Um, the first one is uh, Josiah Colt. Now, if you know that name... You know that that is a BYU-Idaho uh, graduate. Uh, he apparently went to uh, went and served a mission. Um, and here is a little bit of audio from his social media. I'm sitting here and uh, I don't I don't know what to do. Like, you know, I'm in downtown DC. I'm all over the news now. But like, I'm just like every single one of those people that was marching. Like, a peaceful protest came here to represent America. Represent. It. We're tired of being lied to. We're tired of people stealing stealing you know from us stealing our freedom stealing our liberties and you know i didn't hurt anybody in there like yeah i did sit in nancy pelosi's seat like she she shouldn't be there she's not she doesn't reprimand uh represent the american people and uh you know the i represent you know i'm just a normal person that like loves this country and wants to maintain our freedom and doesn't want to sell out to china and um you know i, I love this country so much so let it be known that I didn't hurt anybody, and that I just love America. I love, I love Trump. I love what he stands for. I don't agree with everything he's ever said and done, but because I support Trump, I'm not a xenophobic, sexist, homophobic, you know, all those things that get lumped into extremists. Like, he, he's a patriot. 
So, uh, yeah. So he is the guy that you see sort of sitting at the uh, speaker's chair and hanging from the, um, what do they call that part of the the uh, the chamber where he kind of jumps uh, down? The dais? Is that what it? Nah, I, I don't I know what I it's can't called. think of what it's called. Yeah, that sounds right. But he's sort of he's he's dressed up like a like a military guy, helmet and all, and uh, and yep, there he is. So, so there you have it. His LinkedIn profile and also his uh, social media has all been taken down. He served a mission. He volunteered for the Boys and Girls Club of America, which is a, it serves as a positive role model, uh, an example for troubled youth. So, so that is a connection. Huh. So that is a connection. I'm going to try and not say too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I don't want to have to edit out a lot. Well, here's the deal. You don't ever edit it. It's always my wife, but I really, I I really just, I just think at this point, you know, I don't know that we're going to convince anyone one way or another, but rather just to say, hey, here is the connection to the church uh, as far as this goes. And if you missed it, um, there was, I saw the pictures first, there was a man who was dressed like Captain Moroni that was there at the Capitol as well, uh, complete with the title of Liberty, and uh, he he was interviewed, which I didn't know. Brother Kyle, you sent this to me uh, later uh-huh. in the week and said, hey, have you seen this yet? And I actually had a question, and, and I kind of went back and forth because it seems to me that he... And maybe I'm reading into it. It seems to me that he might be a little bit um, mentally slow. You didn't get that at all? I, I wondered that because I thought, I, I don't know that somebody would actually, in the right mind, would, would say this. And, yeah. and so it, it was funny, but, but then I sort of feel bad for the guy because I, I think he has some type of uh, mental, uh, he, his capacity is below uh, par, it, it it's it's a it's a Why little bit that? it's a little bit lengthy, but so people know what we're talking about. I want to play the audio from Captain Moroni being interviewed at the Capitol. Captain Moroni, I'm the William Wallace of the Book of Mormon in the tet, in the tet, in the uh, Book of Alma in the Book of Mormon. Uh, a freedom fighter named Captain Moroni fought for his freedom against the Kingmen. He was a free part of the Freeman movement. And around I, I like to say 76 BC because 76, 76 sounds so. It is so popular. But before Christ came to Jerusalem, in this land, Book of Mormon is about this land, right? And the same fight for freedom, this land, the same land right here upon which we stand, the Native American Indians, they have Jewish DNA descent. I can tell you about, you can Google that. The Algonquin Indians have Native American, uh, have uh, Jewish descent in their in their DNA. There's evidence of the Book of Mormon. I don't want to get too much into that. I'm here for freedom. You're here for freedom. Um, Captain Moroni ripped his coat and he wrote this message right here. And if I could give it up. It says, America is in a dire need of true heroes. Are we the heroes America will have? It says, in memory of our God and our religion and our freedom and our peace, our wives and our children. And it was called the title of liberty, and he held it up high when he fought against the kingmen. And they slayed the king. Babylon was going to destroy Jerusalem. The prophecy, Isaiah, everybody was saying, Jerusalem's going to get destroyed. I, I, I take it back, it might not be Isaiah. So Lehi and his family, Nephi and Laman and Lemuel and Sam, came to the Americas, and about the time before Jesus came, again, about 50 to 100 BC, about 50 to 100 BC, that fight happened that I just spoke of. And I'm here to represent that, the Mormon element, because a lot of people are like, oh, Mitt Romney, you know, and I, it, there's a lot of infiltrators in our nation, in our capital, in our churches. I think Mitt Romney might be one of those people that have sold out to the system. And um, I just want to say, you know, I'm, I'm here for freedom and peace and liberty and love and happiness. So the other thing that I took away from yeah. it is like, is ha- have you ever met someone who's really excited about the church and who like just doesn't know how to talk about it? Like within context, like so back in the day, I know you didn't serve a mission, so I'm going to have to fill you in, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had these discussions, right? And I, I'm just teasing everyone. Calm down. I Lots of people don't serve missions. They're perfectly fine. Let us all calm down here. We like to tease me about yes, it. Yes, yes. Um, including me. So 
you would teach discussions and the discussions were built to go one on one on one, right? So like the first one, it's like, let's establish that we believe in God and that we believe in Jesus. And then the next one, it was like, let's talk about the plan of salvation. And then the next one, you talked about the apostasy. And, and one of the things that really struck me about the, the guy being interviewed as Captain Moroni is he's, he just, he can't get out of his own way to be able to tell the story about who he is, right? When he's like, you know, right. and, there, and there's the blood that ties us to the Native Americans. And, and, and you know, it's like Isaiah. It may not there's be Isaiah. There's something in there about he, Jews. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, like, just stay on point. And, and so I don't want to poke, I don't want to poke necessarily any fun. I know that there's people that are really passionate about this. I really just wanted to share it and say, if you have not heard this audio yet, and we'll obviously leave a link for it, in the show notes for this episode, um, when people are talking about Captain Moroni there at the United States Capitol insurrection, there legitimately was a guy dressed as Captain Moroni, title of liberty at all, and that was some of the things that he was saying. So I know for many, like that's where the news ends, right? Like their week was so exhausting that that was all-consuming. Were you able to 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 read, find, or uh, study out any other sort of news stories for today, Kyle? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's more. Yeah. Uh, Arizona man says that the LDS church threatened expulsion if he reported abuse. So now so what? Arizona man. Yeah. So now this is, there's a lot going on in, uh, court cases down in Arizona. It seems there was that yeah. case a couple weeks ago that where they, the, the father and mom, you know, they got divorced and then the, 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 uh, some level court judge said, well, you know, Mormons aren't Christians. And then they tried to take it to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court was like, this guy shouldn't have ruled on this. Courts can't rule whether or not a, a religion is Christian or not. And so that's been there. And then all of this stuff with abuse. So so this guy said. And and this is, yeah, a, a new one from Phoenix. Uh, he alleges that he was sexually abused as a Boy Scout. Okay. And that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints threatened excommunication when he tried to report it hmm. 45 years ago. Uh. Attorneys uh, for him announced, uh, this was, uh, this last Thursday, uh, in their superior court in Phoenix against the, uh, the church and the grand council for the boy scouts of America, uh, and scoutmaster. Uh, and, and so they're just, they're claiming ne- negligence on the, the part of the church. And it's, it's a, a horrible story. And this was in, it started in 1973 mm. when he was 11, mm. um, when this happened. I was, I was trying to read further into it so you don't have to, to read through it all, but but it, it it's just been filed. So it's something that's going to be ongoing that I'll, I'll keep an eye on and keep up with it. And so there, there's not a lot of news on it because I can't say a lot yet, but this will be coming up in coming months here. Well, there's another one since we're sort of on that topic. Uh, there's a bishop in, uh, I want to say, Australia? Nicholas Fevre is charged with uh, allegedly sexual explicit conversations. He was a bishop in Blue Mountains. I'm not sure exactly where that is. Mormon bishop has been charged with allegedly sending sexually explicit messages to a child after a tip-off about his Pinterest account. Nicholas Fevre, the former bishop of the Lura Ward of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, had his home raided by the federal police, so maybe this is in the United States, Detective seized a mobile phone, two tablet computers, and uh, found uh, filed two counts of transmitting indecent communications to a minor. Actually, nope, this is in Australia. Uh, the center claimed that an Australian Pinterest user had been lying about his age. That was this person, this uh, former bishop of the church. Uh, the spokesman for the church said that the church poses abuse of any kind and works with authorities to protect the innocent. So that's gross. That is a terrible story of a bishop gone terribly wrong. Uh, there's this one as well. There's a Utah landlord. Salt Lake City landlord has been arrested on suspicion of using hidden cameras to record his tenants during private moments. His name is Larry Phillips. Uh, he's being investigated for 13 counts of voyeurism. And you're thinking, what, was this guy a bishop? No. Uh, but according to police, investigators discovered voyeurism videos recorded over the past several years featuring Phillips' tenants. And some of his tenants were female visitors and even missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of wow. Latter-day Saints. So just gross as we continue with just gross, terrible, terrible stories. I did. I just, you know, sorry, this isn't going to be a great uplifting uh, 
Well, this one isn't going to get any better. This is very sad. Uh, from last week, a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints died in a car crash in Arkansas. Yeah. He was in a car with three other missionaries. Uh, Elder Jake Smith was from Lehigh. Uh, three other passengers actually know someone who was the, uh, the, the aunt of, of one of the passengers oh. who uh, was banged up pretty good. He didn't die, but a horrible car crash there. Injured all four of them and, and killed the one. Missionaries from uh, West Jordan, uh, Lehigh, Arkansas. Um, so very sad story. Well, and here, here's another one out of, this is out of Colorado, a 16-year-old girl who disappeared January 4th after returning home from a trip to Phoenix to see her father has been in contact with the Denver Police Department. It's believed that she is safe, but she's refusing to return home. On January 10th, it was broken, that is, the news was broken, that a girl purporting to be Whitney Loloff called well-known school safety advocate Evan Todd after a mutual acquaintance recommended that Todd would be someone that Loloff could trust. Todd spoke with Loloff for nearly an hour, and she explained why she would not go home. He, she also sent a, verify, uh, a video verisi- verifying that she is who she said she was. Um, the girl expresses fear for her safety and well-being and is staying with a Mormon family, not in the state of Colorado. <coughs> There's not any more details about that, but just a bizarre case out of Colorado and this mm. missing teenager. Hey, we're not just hunting these out today. This is just what's coming up. Yeah, it just... As we're looking for stories today. It's a weird day. Yeah, it's a weird day, a weird time on a lot of this stuff. There is some good news, and I want to share that. Um, The church is now planning for its first ever virtual friend-to-friend event for children. So they have like these young single adult firesides, and they have, you know, general conference, which for all intents and purposes is for everyone, but really, let's be honest. It's for the adults, Um, but this friend-to-friend event will be February the 20th, which is a Saturday. It's for children ages 3 to 11. Their parents, primary leaders, and teachers are all invited. President Nelson is going to speak. Elder Suarez from the Quorum of the Twelve is going to speak, as well as the primary general presidency. And then also they're going to sing. They're going to just make it a special event. It looks like it's going to be 40 minutes long. And President Jones, that is president of the uh, general or general um, primary presidency, says, I hope that they will feel valued, needed and loved by Jesus and by Heavenly Father. You'll be able to catch this on churchofjesuschrist.org, YouTube, BYU TV and other media in English. And then it'll be translated into Cantonese, French, German, Italian, Japanese, Korean, Mandarin, Russian, Chibano, Tagalog, all beginning March the 13th. So. A, a pretty cool thing that I contend we probably would not have done were it not for COVID. And I just think that that's, you know, I think that's an awesome takeaway that we're doing some things different now because of COVID. Do you want another better story? Yes, please. Since we're trying to go that way. Yeah. Born uh, and raised in Samoa, now living here and played for BYU uh, University football and played in the NFL. Gabriel Reed has decided to he and his wife, they're going to be mission presidents. Yeah, and I think it was sort of decided for them. As I read a little bit about this, they were going to move uh, back to Samoa, where he's from. Mm-hmm. But then they were, then they got like called in on an interview or an appointment or whatever, and now they're going to be mission presidents in Australia. Right. Yeah. yeah. Plans changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says, plans changed. To say the least. There were uh, 105 new mission presidents that have called they essentially do a third of them every year because it is a three-year call and there is uh, a new mission that is in mozambique which i thought was kind of cool of all of those new mission presidents to be called so work's going on even though a lot of people can't go out and serve in this it's going to be a huge rush once people can get out and get to these areas and i can't imagine you know how people will be opening their doors to folks too because they haven't had people They've been going through a really rough time, but haven't had people to be able to come in and, and even just be able to visit with, but hopefully be able to hear hear about the gospel and have that experience, too. Yeah. Uh, other things. Uh, a judge ruled that he is not going to decertify the BYU Police Department. Uh, we've been following that story for a while. Essentially, what was happening is that the uh, BYU Police Department was sharing their records with the Honor Code Department at BYU and... Um, and so people were facing 
honor code violations based on police reports, which it, it, it shouldn't have been done. It's a, a record share that, that should never have taken place. And so there was some threat that the uh, police department would have their um, certification revoked, which means they couldn't have a police department. They've decided not to do that, which surprised a lot of people. Most people thought that, yeah, this is a open and, and closed case that, uh, that they would be revoked and that they would have to become under the Provo Police Department or something like that. But nope, they're able to continue to be certified. Elder Vi Sekahema, do you know who that is? I do. He has something to do with sports and yeah, BYU. Yeah, he used to play for the uh, BYU football. Then he uh, played for uh, the uh, professional football league, the NFL. And then he became a sports, uh, a sports uh, commentator there in Philadelphia. He is now retiring, mm. and you can find a great video tribute to him, his career, and his life in the show notes for this episode. He says, I'm willing to give everything I've got. I just don't know if it's not enough. He is going to um, be an Area 70, uh, or has been called to be an Area 70, so is serving within that, and has now retired from from his TV career. Also, a third apostle, Elder Suarez, and his wife, Rosanna, tested positive and has recovered from COVID-19. Man, we're just blowing yeah. through this news. Um, because we still got horrible stories to come. Did you know that? They're no, still, I yeah. didn't know we had more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't catch this, but after everything that happened at the Capitol, in reaction, uh, the LDS Church pointed people to Elder Oaks's speech denouncing post-election violence, uh, which I thought was a strong play. If you remember in General Conference, uh, Elder Oaks said, hey, let's peacefully accept the results of this election. And they just sort of, I don't know that it's passive aggressively, but they just kind of posted it, kind of said, hey guys, th this is how we feel about this. A lot of people really upset that they haven't made a statement about it, that they haven't come out and denounced everything that happened in an official statement. But, you know, I I don't know that they have to, but certainly a lot of people have said, well, why wouldn't they? They weigh in on so many other things. Why aren't they weighing in on this? So, you know, as of this recording, they certainly haven't weighed in on that. Hey, you guys, I just want to interrupt real quick because this came in after Kyle and I recorded the news the other day. So this is the actual statement from the First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It says as follows, Principles of government that allow God's children to maintain human dignity and freedom belong to all mankind. See Doctrine and Covenants section 98.5. With great concern, we observe the political and cultural divisions in the United States and around the world. We condemn violence and lawless behavior, including the recent violence in Washington, D.C., and any suggestion of further violence. While the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is neutral in matters of party politics, we remind our members, whatever their individual political views, to be united in our commitment to the Savior Jesus Christ and His teachings. As His followers, we should treat one another and all of God's children with respect, dignity, and love. No political or other affiliation should supersede the covenant and sacred responsibility. We urge all people to remember the precious and fragile nature of freedom and peace. As citizens of the United States, we look forward to the inauguration of a new president. We urge our members to honor democratic institutions and processes and to obey, honor, and sustain the law. See Articles of Faith 112. That is the official statement for the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the First Presidency, the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, and now back to the originally recorded Articles of News. Also, in the uh, Lori Vallow Chad Daybell case, it is planned that they are going to file conspiracy to commit murder. That has not been mm. filed yet, and there's no movement in that case, only that they're like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to file for conspiracy to commit murder. We'll keep an update on that case. Um, I, I watched, you mentioned last time we talked about a, a, a short documentary, three-part series on Discovery Plus. Doomsday. Doomsday. And I found it and watched it. Yeah. Enjoy, it, enjoyed watching that. It's hard to get away from, huh? It is. Yeah. yeah you, you have to watch it through, but yeah, it's a... Uh, there there are frightening people in this world. And the religious connections with the the Vallow Daybell case, you remember at first we were talking about it in an Articles of News and we're like, I don't know, are they members of the church? We didn't really know and it wasn't being shared, but man, it it is woven in that story. Just yeah. 
just grossly, grossly woven uh, yeah. back and forth in that story from the point where she feels like she's, you know, a goddess, which I'm not I'm not downplaying. All women can be goddesses. Right. But maybe like not here on Earth and maybe not choose whether or not people get killed or not. Just saying there, Just, there were zombies. Yeah. In it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, do you want to go light or do you want to go a little heavy? I've got some more. Uh, let's go heavy. Uh, let's go here Two Utah men who met in prison while serving time for unrelated fraud schemes were charged in federal court over a fraudulent trading program. One of them claimed to have received quote, a spiritual revelation. According to the sec, Thomas Robbins and Daniel Merriman of Kaysville, and two other men allegedly bilked 80 investors of $11 million. They solicited investor funds through false and misleading representations, including that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was a client, that they consistently generated large returns for prior investors, and that investors could expect profits of at least 20% per month, the complaint says. The two men told investors that Robin, Robbins had had a spiritual revelation in 2008 about an exclusive algorithm for trading currencies, commodities, indices, stocks, bonds, and other instruments, but could not bring the vision into reality until 2011 when the technology caught up to his vision, according to the complaint. In 2011, Robbins was sentenced to five years in prison and ordered to pay $2.4 million in restitution. Merriman was sent to prison in 2009 after being convicted of three felony counts of securities fraud. They frequently, to each other, reference their religious faith as Latter-day Latter Saints to develop rapport with prospective investors, the complaint says. So here's the deal. Here's the takeaway. Uh, if someone promises you 20% plus returns on your money, oh, that's probably not real. If someone says, I was in, you know, inspired by the spirit and need your money, also probably not a person no. you should give money to. If, if someone says, oh, come on, trust me, I'm your, and then inserts elders quorum, bishop, relief society president, stake president, whatever the thing may be, no, it's a big no, just go ahead and turn away from that because people will take advantage of that and take advantage of you. It's called affinity fraud, and in Utah and in the church, we suffer from it in a big way because we think, no, that person would never do that. Well, guess what? They'd do that. Yeah. You ready for some positive news? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> here in the state of Utah, you know, the church headquarters here in the state of Utah, they have decided to donate $3.3 million in donations as part of their ongoing efforts to help provide shelter uh, for those that are homeless. Uh, they'll donate that $3.3 million to the road home, the shelter, the homeless, the Friends of the Coalition, Switchpoint, and Utah Community Action. Um, we don't report enough on what the church does to help people out, and certainly not enough about what they do here in the state of Utah. Speaking of, uh, the LDS Church has has uh, proposed a redesign to the plaza uh, there by the uh, church office building as part of the Temple Square renovation. They're going to take out that fountain. Um, it's going to be a much larger renovation uh, than they originally thought. Uh, the plaza between the church office building, the church administration building, and the Joseph Smith Memorial Building it has that series of fountains that sometimes doesn't work. That one really large fountain that you're like, I'm not really sure what that is. If you come here only in the uh, wintertime or Christmas time, it's where they have all the nativities from the different countries. Um, that is the part of the uh, plaza that we're talking about. Their design of the landscaping on this plaza and around the temple will open up access and views of the temple and make it more inviting for people to feel welcome on the grounds. Now, the big question is. One of those places that's in that plaza is the iconic bride and groom get their picture with the temple in the background. So will they keep that place? <laughs> will they make it better? We don't know, uh, but you can expect that change from the church. So that's good news, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see if I've got some other great news before I get to some. Well, there's this. Elder Gong did a, a, a fireside for the young single adults, and he gave us a three-part challenge. I know we're not young, nor are we single, Brother Kyle, but... Uh, he did give these three challenges, and I think they apply to everyone. Uh, the first one is, he says, be still and know that God is God. Second, he asked young adults to change the future now. They can do that by developing multi-generational relationships that will bless them and those around them for years to come. We each look for sociality and opportunities to contribute 
We all need a safe place to ask and seek, a safe place to learn and live gospel doctrine and church uh, culture. And then the last thing he invited young adults to do was to trust the Lord, to trust the Lord of the harvest to help you become a better you. He referenced a recent church survey that shows that many young adult Latter-day Saints are helping to address significant humanitarian needs in their communities and around the globe. So I thought that was kind of cool. I haven't yet watched that fireside from Elder Gong, but there is a link to it in the show notes for this episode. Other things, Brother Kyle? You have any that's more stories? I, that's all I got today. Let's let's end on this one then. Uh, there are changes in the church general handbook. Um, choosing when to receive the endowment, that is to go through the temple for yourself, is an important and personal decision in the lives of Latter-day Saints. A new addition to the church's general handbook offers guidance for members and their church leaders. The handbook states, quote, The decision to receive the endowment is personal and should be made prayerfully. The following conditions are listed for members who wish to receive the endowment. That they be at least 18 years old. That they have completed or are no longer attending high school, secondary school, or the equivalent. That one full year has passed since their confirmation, meaning for converts, that they have been converted or confirmed a member of the church for more than a year. That they feel a desire to receive and honor sacred temple covenants throughout their lives. Uh, You can find the uh, new rewritten chapters of the handbook in the show notes for this episode and hope that you'll go and read that. I wonder if there is any other stories that we might have missed. Is there anything, Brother Kyle, that we didn't tack in this? Oh, there is. There is one last story. I hope it's good. In the middle of the Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers playoff matchup this past Sunday night, Sunday night football announcer Al Michaels randomly referenced the Book of Mormon. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear about this. Yeah. We, right. we don't know really what it meant, but he says, quote, and I'll actually play this for you, but he says, while we were on the commercial break, I said, when they kicked the extra point, the book says, I have no idea what that book was, the Book of Love, the Book of Mormon, whatever it was. We were in the commercial break. I had said when they kicked the extra point, the book says, I have no idea what book that was, the Book of Love, the Book of Mormon, whatever it was. I have no idea why he said that. I have uh, no idea what the reference is. I don't know why you threw it in there. I think that was the maybe the, you know, you say the book of love and then you think the book of and you're a Mormon. And then you move on. And because we are members of the church, we grab onto it and go, Al Michaels must be reading the book of Mormon. He must have thanks, missionaries thanks in his house. Plug. Yeah. Go see the play. Read the book. The book was better. <laughs> That's it. Now, coming up in the third block of the cultural hall, we've got Courtney Casper talking about uh, that guided journal, and very cool, if you go to theculturalhall.com, look for the big Deseret book ad, uh, you can find all of the books that we interview the authors for here on The Cultural Hall. You can get 15% off. Now, if you don't want to find that link, when you go to checkout uh, at deseretbook.com, you can use the promo code Richie. that's my name, R-I-C-H-I-E, and if it's a book that we have mentioned here on The Cultural Hall that we've interviewed the author, You can get that 15% off, and that applies for this journal that we'll be talking about coming up in the third block of the Cultural Hall. It's been a while since we've traveled down to Texas. In fact, I think this may very well be our first visit to Texas for the new year to find out what is new streaming on Living Scriptures, joined by Chow. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Hey, or afternoon or evening, whenever people are listening to this. As soon as I said good morning, I was like, I regret that I said that. I'm excited to find out what's new on Living Scriptures. And I'm actually coming to you from Arkansas. Oh, well, well. I'm not in Texas. We're traveling a little bit. Safely, Um, I hope. Safely, yep. We're staying with my brother. He lives in Arkansas. And um, we, my dad passed away in December. And so we're doing a little memorial trip to remember my dad and to spend some time together. So we haven't gone anywhere, but, you know, it's just nice to be together. Uh, an interesting uh, thing worth pointing out, especially as we talk about living scriptures, is you can take those programs with you in the car so that the kids can be watching uplifting programming as you travel. And that's what we've done here. So what I wanted to say about what we're listening or watching right now. So we're staying with my brother, who we obviously grew up in the church. No, I guess not obviously, but if you've listened to more than one of these, you know, you know that about me. I grew up 
in the church in Salt Lake City, Utah. My brother um, is no longer active in the church. He's going to a different church here in Arkansas that has a lot of spirit, a lot of fun. But here we are on Sunday with our kids together. And I don't want to make them, you know, I don't want to guilt trip them and put my hands on my hips and say, well, we're watching Living Scriptures. But thankfully, Living Scriptures has a lot of stuff that spans Christianity, different religions. So my kids today are have been watching the Living Scriptures, Christ being tempted by Satan, mm. and they are they're kind of like clutching their pearls that Satan is making an appearance in what they you know they otherwise probably wouldn't have seen mm-hmm. because we just tend to go into the Restoration or more Book of Mormon stuff. So this has been kind of an adventure for them as we try to find common ground with my brother and his kids and watching something that won't you know, offend them as we visit their home or make them feel guilty, but something that everybody can enjoy. How are his kids enjoying it? They like it. I mean, they're, they're so hit. His kid is younger than mine or in the middle of mine. You have like a hundred. You're going to have to be more specific. (laughs) How many kids and which kid we're talking about? So his kids are younger. His kid is younger than my first four. So he kind of follows their lead. So he sees them stop, listen, pay attention. He does the same thing. He stops the fire truck and the train, and then they all kind of watch together. So that's what I'm loving about Living Scriptures today is that it's helping me find common ground. Keep the Sabbath day holy, right? I don't want to just put on Disney Plus or something. Keeping the Sabbath day holy, but doing it in a respectful way with my brother and his family and where they're at on their spiritual world their relationship with god how was he about it was he like okay well just so long as we keep this uh middle of the road christianity was he pretty cool with it and and does he like the programming does he think that it's appropriate for his kid so he does he likes it he grew up on it and so he's he's just a little he's at that stage where he's a little bit roll his eyes about people saying come back to church Mm, you know mm -hmm. do this you just he's like that's it's not that simple for me and Mm -hmm. so i think he appreciates that it's just you know, I made it easy. I didn't make it a guilt trip. It was like, we're going to turn this on for our kids if that's okay. And we'll do this thing. And he just kind of sigh of relief. Okay. She's not guilting me into this and and he's fine with it. And he, he knows about living scriptures. He's been to our house visiting and he knows that we watch it on Sunday, but you know, I just think it's different when you're in someone else's home to say, well, we're putting this on, but it's, it's been nice to find common ground. Uh, so uh, several things just to kind of recoup and, uh, and reiterate. One, I love that it's something that you can watch on Sundays, right? You can be able to kind of worship and observe that way. Two, it's uh, it's more spiritually guided than, as you mentioned, Disney+, Plus, maybe some other things. Three, that it is a lot of common ground and that although it's living scriptures and maybe we associate it with Mormonism or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it spans you know, Christianity. A lot of the programming is just like family values programming or Christian programming. It's not specifically members of our church. And then four you're able to take it and watch it wherever you go. Yep. Right now there's the Bible project that's on there. That's general Christianity that we find common ground on. And there's also, you mentioned at the start of this, and I'm sorry to go in a whole different direction than we just were, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of, you know, new year, new you programming on there. Um, some fitness, some marriage counseling. I, I haven't delved into that quite yet because we're doing okay. And I don't want to, you know, rattle stir an empty pot we're doing good yeah. so let's not you know but i i like that it's there i i thought oh man we have some marriage counseling we could watch they're like seminars from professors at byu that just give you some tips about you know making a good marriage and i just i like that living scriptures has that this new you we were really into a lot of those like new year's resolution movies that they had on there before we came on this trip so we- i didn't want to missed out on telling you about that. Will you let Russ know that when I speak to him in the future, the next time that we chat to Arkansas or Texas or wherever you guys are on the big road trip, (laughs) that I am going to want to chat with a new Russ. So he's going to need to develop a new you by the time I talk to him next. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm sure he's inspired because there are a lot of different movies about there about bucket list for a new you and, and different things that people, you know, about New year. Let's start fresh. I I, I want a new Russ. That's what we're calling out for the next time we check in about living scriptures. Uh, Ciao. I guess I will say ciao. Oh, very funny. Dad jokes. Here in the third block of the Culture Hall, I'm excited to be able to talk to Courtney Casper, uh, author, I say only in question mark because... 
Uh, it's a guided journal. So you have authored this book, but also uh, we become the authors of this book as well. It's a book from Deseret Book called Finding Sabbath. Welcome in, Courtney. Me. Now, uh, for people who are unfamiliar with what a guided journal is, uh, I think it's important that we start there. What is that exactly? A guided journal holds your hand and kind of takes you. I'll, gi- I'll give you a scenario because as second grade uh, Richie, uh, I would be sat down. And if the teacher was like, hey, uh, you know, tell me about the greatest day you've ever had in your life. I would instantly be able to be like, oh, the greatest day, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I would be off to the races. But when they would say, hey, it's a free write day, write about whatever you would like. Uh, young second grade Richie would stare at that paper and go, oh, OK, let's see. Uh, do what do I write about? You know, and I just would find myself not writing anything. I understand that to be what a guided journal is. Right. It's I know a lot of people I hear from a lot of people online that when I say, yeah, journaling is so good for us, but we sit down to journal and it's like, what am I supposed to write about? And so a guided journal is going to hold your hand and help the inspiration come in. And so especially the Sabbath journal where Sabbath oftentimes for women or just moms or people in general can be kind of a hectic day. And I was finding myself going through my whole Sabbath day and feeling like, wait, what? where was the rest and where was the reflection? I didn't get any of that. Mm -hmm. And so I started making this guided journal specifically to use on the Sabbath day to have a fixed point of focused reflection and gratitude and worship and prayer and all these things that I really needed. And I found I didn't, it didn't take a lot. It didn't require a lot of time. It just required, again, having this guided place for me to sit and focus and put my thoughts down and to find Sabbath in those few moments. I think we fleetingly say journaling is so good for us. And we all go, yeah, we nod our heads and go, yeah, yeah, you bet. You bet. What, why? Why is journaling so great for us? Right. Exactly. That's the, that's the golden question. And I think for me, I find that it again, helps me to ground myself and If we're just sitting down and journaling, I find that I don't get as much out of it. But when I use kind of this guided journal approach, my time is maximized and I'm able to find whatever I need to find. And that's different for every person, right? Journaling can benefit each of us in different ways. And that's the beauty of this kind of guided Sabbath journal is that whatever you need, you can find it by sitting down and setting aside a few moments with God and with yourself and putting down those things on paper. I think it's so important that we record these moments of inspiration. And sometimes we might have those and then we just forget about them. We're like, oh yeah, I'm going to write that down and remember it, but we don't. And so getting into the spiritual practice of every Sabbath day or whenever you decide um, the spiritual practice of sitting down, maybe starting with a prayer and finding the inspiration from God that he has directly for you and then writing it down, I think is where the benefit comes recording those things and not letting them get forgotten. So give me an idea. You've sort of alluded to it a little bit. Give me an idea of what your Sabbath was like previously uh, and then some of the benefit or maybe a benefit that you have found personally as you have sort of done this in a a greater, more intentional sort of guided way. My Sabbaths before, so about a couple years ago, I decided why am I observing a Sabbath at all? Yeah. I grew up observing a Sabbath and it seemed to morph into all these things that I didn't do. And this kind of list of rules that was handed to me by my, my wonderful parents of things we don't do on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And I just found myself that I was so depleted on the Sabbath. And it's like, where, like I said, where was this rest and, you know, this magical Sabbath thing that I, I, I wanted. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of came about crossing T's and dotting I's for me is what Sabbath was. I was doing and going through the motions without the heart of what Sabbath really is and what Sabbath was really designed to be. And so that is where I decided something has to give. I need to do something. I need to change something so that I can figure out why I'm observing the Sabbath. I'm going to pause, I'm gonna I, pause you real quick because that's where some people find themselves not doing it anymore at all, right? You're, you're, I'm imagining, uh, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're going to tell us kind of a faith journey of how you attached more to it. But that's a pivotal point where some people will say, I'm out. It's not worth dotting it, dotting an I and crossing a T. I'm exhausted. 
getting kids dressed into the church and all the things, and I'm not getting anything from it. I'm not feeling and blah, 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 blah. That's where they say, not worth it. I'm out. I'll go back when I'm older or I don't get anything from it. I'm not going back. And that can be a, a pivotal crossroads for a lot of people. Yeah. And I felt myself kind of standing there. And I think what was important is I decided to take that why to God. And I think when we ask our questions and we observe or analyze maybe some some things we're, we're struggling with in the presence of God, that's a safe place. If I were to take that to maybe a friend or the internet or something else, I think that for me, at least that felt like a little more risky place to take my whys mm-hmm. and my questions and my struggles. And so when I took them to God, and that is when it kind of got placed in my heart that just let's just make a small pivot. Let's just let's let's figure out what Sabbath is. And I started to feel I started to realize that Sabbath was just a day in the week. Sunday is just a day in the week and it is never going to serve me. It's never going to, you know, magically drop rest and inspiration and all this stuff in my lap. It's just not going to. It's just a day. I had to serve a Sabbath. I needed to show up in ways that was serving a Sabbath and worship and pray and dig in and find that rest for myself. And that wasn't just going to happen on accident. I had to choose it. I had to make that happen. And that started with every Sunday, I would find a quiet few minutes for myself and get in and start this guided journal, this guided journaling practice. For so many people listening to that, they go, wow, you were able to find a couple minutes. How did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes it was at five o'clock in the morning. Sometimes it was 10 o'clock at night after the whole day had gone by. And I have four little kids, so I know what it's <laughs> like to feel like there is no time. But you know what I started to realize with this guided journal was put your phone down, Courtney. Did I check my email on Sunday? Did I get on social media this Sabbath day? Yeah. Yes to all of it. And I realized there is the time. I am just choosing to use those minutes in other ways. And so consecrating my time on the Sabbath day, really making that effort and saying, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen here. Maybe after all this work, I'm going to realize Sabbath's not for me. Hmm. But trusting in other people's you know, faith, kind of leaning on theirs for a minute, and deciding I'm going to go all in. I'm going to really give this my all. I'm going to really try. And then I'll see where this shakes out. It sounds so simple, but finding five minutes or 10 minutes to sit down and journal and to pray on the Sabbath, it changed the game for me. And it, it really helped me find that rest and find that inspiration. And I found that my Sabbaths became more about Jesus and worship for me personally and less about crossing T's and dotting I's. And all the things that I had grown up learning about Sabbath started to make a little more sense to me. And they they started to have meaning and purpose. And so it was a pivotal thing. And this guarded journal really was kind of the missing key for me. Not necessarily the journal itself, because it's just paper, right? Mm -hmm. But it was the intention behind it that I was going to show up and serve a Sabbath. So give people an example. Um, You know, I, I was able to receive a copy of this this journal. I'm loving it. It's, uh, if I'm being a hundred percent transparent, it is one of my new year's resolutions to try and take a little bit of my Sabbath back to journal more. Uh, there's a, a certain, uh, element of gratitude that I am horrible at that I am really trying to implement in, in some of my journaling. So that will be sort of an addendum to what people would find in this book. But but walk someone through if they purchase this book, this journal, this guided journal, like what what is a thing that they could find and 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 why not just take a, a legal pad of paper and sit down and go, boop, I'm gonna write down for five minutes. Well, for starters, that legal pad of paper always ends up in one of my kids' hands <laughs> or thrown away. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the fact that it's a, a very set of, and I have other journals, right? Why not just use another journal? Because I wanted this to be a spiritual practice for myself that it was like, no, 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 this is a special day. This is a, this is a special minute. And I, and I want it to, to really have that intention behind it. So inside um, there's a find section and I love the word find because it implies that there's work to do on my end. And there's so many promises from our prophets and apostles and truth. 
that we have to find some of this stuff. We got to dig it up. And so within the find section, there is a guided place for you to reflect on your gratitude, like you said. There's a place to reflect on what you're learning, what you're studying, and then some some space to jot down what you're hearing, whether that's in church, whether you take this to church and throw it in your church bag and pull it out during soccer meeting, or if you're at home alone in your room. There's just some guided space to kind of prompt you, like you said, give you that prompt of where to start and then let the spirit take over. How has the uh, journal and journaling experience changed the Sabbath for you during the pandemic when we're not going to church, when a Sunday can truly feel like just another day like any other because we're not going, we're not worshiping. In some cases, people aren't even dressing up to go. They can, you know, stay in their PJs and, and listen to a little Zoom church. How has this helped that time for you? It's been so interesting because I never expected how much I would need like the Sabbath to be set apart when it was, has been really hard. We live in, we, I, I live in Washington state and we're still not really doing in-person church at all. And so it's been so amazing to have this spiritual practice already in place, even if it's just for those five or 10 minutes to have a really intentional Sabbath worship, a pattern of Sabbath, Sabbath worship for myself in this way. And I think it's been eye-opening maybe for everybody to realize Sabbath worship doesn't have to look a certain way. I mean, look at it. It's been turned upside down. And really, when we show up, God shows up. And that's really my experience, even in my my worst moments. When I show up, God shows up. And that is this journal. It's me really showing up, even in this small way. And it's been amazing to use with my Come Follow Me study And just to have this record, like this personal record of my worship with God. A fascinating thing that I find is that so much within culture, we sort of assign this journaling or this gratitude practice to women, right? This is a thing that a woman would do. And, and, And I think that there's so much value in that for women, but also for men as well. I think of the tired bishop or elders quorum president or just person who's serving within their ward who gets to church early to set up the chairs or work out the Zoom call, who's there at the thing, who then has the afterward meeting, who also can find themselves just exhausted at the end of the day and wondering what it's all for. So I definitely, I want to reiterate the fact that, uh, you know, the perspective you come from, certainly from a woman, uh, the perspective I come from, from being from a man, it is for everyone. There is something within this, this guided journal practice that will help you no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I think my husband, how meticulously he kept those mission journals, mm-hmm. and then it just, you know, it stops. But um, I've been pushing him into one of these Sabbath journals as well. And, and it's been, I just, I love record keeping in general. And if you look at this as like a personal record, like to have forever, it's so, it's impactful for you now, it could be impactful for, for you later. And again, like I said, when we show up, God shows up. And whether it's this or something else, I think when we consecrate those minutes and we set those intentions and we show up, we will find what we need every time. I love it. Uh, We've been visiting with Courtney Casper, who is the author of the book Finding Sabbath. It's a guided journal, a great way for you to be able to not only record keep, but also uh, find gratitude and truly find the Sabbath that you hear so much about. Now, Courtney, before we let you go, there are three questions that we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall. I will ask those of you now. The first question is, is do you have a calling? And if so, what is it? I do have a calling. I am our ward communication specialist. <laughs> nice. So are you doing quite a bit of like the uh, coordination with Zoom in this time? Or what do, you, what do they have you doing? Um, I keep up our ward Facebook page. And we're actually starting a really cool project where we're going to teach our youth how to record testimony through audio. So um, we may set up like a little ward podcast or something like that and have them interview people in our ward and some certain, anyway, some projects like that. We're working with our youth, especially where missions are moving so much um, audio visual. Um, we're going to try to prepare our youth to be able to share their testimonies that way. Very cool. What part of Washington are you in? We live just outside of Tri-Cities in a tiny little town called Basin City. Ah, very good. The Basin City branch. Strong, stalwart members of the church there. Uh, 
Cool. Very cool. Very cool. The second question that we ask everyone is, uh, if you could pick a calling for yourself, either one that exists or make one up, what would you pick? I love the calling I have right now. And in fact, I may have made it up with my bishop. (laughs) So I'm really excited to work with the youth in this way. And yeah. Okay. Uh, The final question we ask everyone to interpret however they will. But the question remains, what is your favorite part of your faith? My favorite part of my faith, probably that it's so deeply rooted in me. No matter what God asks me to do, I will choose a yes to that. Hmm. I will choose a yes to whatever road or path God calls me to. And that's just my anthem that I'm going to hold on to until my dying day. Courtney Casper, our guest, she authored the book Finding Sabbath, a guided journal. You can find a link to be able to purchase it from the good folks over at Deseret Book in the show notes for this episode. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we read.